We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Stay tuned to the end of the interview, as usual, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes, and all of the show notes are over at theentrepreneurethos.com. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for the ratings and reviews. Just, well, you know, thanks for everything. Now, on to my guest for today, Kihan Joe, founder of Terrascope an AI-driven platform that helps buyers find rural properties. Kehan was born in China and came to the U.S. to study economics at Westland University. After college, he went to work on Wall Street and became a municipal bond trader, learning skills in portfolio and risk management. After a few years of doing that, he felt the pull to pursue his own business, wanting the freedom it offers. Like so many entrepreneurs, he went to work trying to solve a problem. In his case, the problem he's trying to solve is helping potential buyers find rural properties. Having gone through this process myself, I know firsthand how challenging looking for and buying a rural property can be. It's much more complicated than simply buying a house or condo in the city. Kehan has been able to put his finger on what's not working in the current process and has developed an online platform that uses AI to find people more efficiently filter out potential properties based on various factors. Right now, Terrascope serves five states and has had over 30 thousand users, but hopes to expand to all the U.S., as well as ultimately to be the go-to resource for rural property owners. Now, let's get better together. Kehan Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me today, Jari. Well, thanks for being here. Um, I am super excited. I'm always excited, but I'm a little bit more excited about talking to you because you are the co-founder and CEO of Terrascope. And you help people buy property. And when I mean property, I mean like land to build stuff on, which I did last year. Um, and it was such an interesting, odd, weird experience. First time I've ever owned like raw land. And when I mean raw land, like there's nothing on it. It's like trees and meadow because um, I want to build like a little retreat. And, you know, 
I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm getting old. You <laughs> need to think about this sort of stuff. Um, but Terrascope is this platform to help people do this. And I wish I would have had this, wish I would have known about it when I was buying mine, because it seems like a really cool thing. So um, I can't wait to talk about that. I can't wait to talk about why you founded it, the whole thing about property, because it's just super fascinating to me. But before we do that, why don't you tell us how you got to do what you're doing today? Sure. So I'm very excited to be on the show today. Um, you know, having the opportunity to talk about uh, my personal journey as well as uh, my company, Terrascope. So I, I, I was born in China and I went to school in Connecticut, Wesleyan University. Uh, I was really lucky to have a full scholarship to attend Wesleyan University and uh, where I majored in economics and social studies. So after college, I went to Wall Street. Uh, work for Citigroup uh, as a, a young proprietary bond trader. So I traded municipal bonds. Right off the gate, I had a $20 million portfolio. So it's a lot of responsibility for a young person, but that was a really good opportunity to learn how to manage large amount of risk and how to talk to uh, really senior people and uh, um, essentially from uh, a position of power, uh, like a lot of, you know, a lot of junior people wouldn't have the opportunity to. Um, so after that, I moved to London, UK. Uh, I was leading European uh, cities, European structure loan program, where I spoke to, uh, worked with uh, Fortune 500 CEOs, CFOs to help them manage their financial risk and liquidity. Um, but after a couple of years, you know, I was with City for five years, and then I realized I really wanted to do something on my own. Um, being with a big company is great because you have this halo effect. You're well-respected, you're well-paid, um, but there was something missing that I am currently pursuing, which is the freedom to do something on your own and the freedom to, um, to practice your, your skills and talents as you see fit. Um, I think for me, being an entrepreneur is really about um, this kind of um, freedom uh, and liberty and flexibility to manage your life is is a, I, I see being an entrepreneur as a whole optimization for every single aspect of your life, and we can go into that a little bit deeper later. But uh, essentially, the first step is to liberate yourself from the traditional work schedule and traditional career path. And um, so, Terrascope is effectively the way that um, I practice this kind of liberty and the kind of um, business philosophy and, you know, life philosophy. Um, I, I, I combine everything into this one company. Um, what we do is we uh, use AI technology to help people identify the most optimal solutions and the most optimal property listings across the whole U.S. There are you know, hundreds of thousands of listings, and there must be a better way to uh, surface the best properties for you. Uh, and, what we, and what we do is we use AI to help us do that. Cool. 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 Yeah. A lot of people use an AI for very like compute intensive type things. Um, right. I have a friend who uh, has a, has a podcast called productive AI and he's trying to figure out like the most productive way to use AI because a lot of people, a lot of startups, no offense, have AI in their name. They don't really use AI. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, sure. And there's a huge, like he, he also is working on something over it uh, this week in machine learning and AI. I don't know if you've heard of that podcast, but um, there's just a lot out there. A lot of things that are 
it's just such a, I mean, it's clearly going to be a big deal and there's a lot of issues around it. Um, but I always find it fascinating why people actually take the AI approach. And I'm curious, like what part of Terrascope, like what benefit, how does it, how does AI like benefit it? You know, what's, what's sort of the yeah. mechanism? Yeah, that's a really good observation because, you know, being in the field, we constantly see companies that don't really require AI or ML solutions, but they, they, they put it in because it's the, the trendy, uh, the trendy things to but have. The buzzword like bingo. Watching. Yeah. Buzzword bingo. Yeah. It's like, I'm a, I'm a blockchain AI machine learning technology <laughs> company. Let's just like add everything. Just add like, it, yeah. Maybe one of them will hit, maybe they won't. Yeah. Um, but, um, so the, the way I constantly think about if the company uh, is legit or if the company is, you know, uh, managed by the right people is always look at where they get the AI from. Do they uh, come, do they originate the, the AI solution from a problem as a solution or do they originate it from just because they want AI, right? Um, so in our case, it's very much, uh, it's very much a necessity to solve the problem more effectively. And by problem, I mean um, the challenge that people constantly face when they find rural properties, when they try to search online. So we started Terrascope really as a way to scratch our own itch. Me and my co-founder both tried to find rural properties uh, in 2020. And we were really frustrated because Zillow is not very effective. Zillow is horrible. Sorry, Zillow. Zillow. You're horrible. <laughs> I'm so, I mean, it's um, just, it's it's a whole other level of crazy. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're not very good at rural properties. Yeah. And, and, you know, Zillow is the biggest one, right? It's the biggest mm -hmm. leader in online search. And if Zillow is failing to do this, you know, no other website is doing it effectively because they all essentially use the same model. Mm. The model that Zillow uses this kind of binary filter, uh, this kind of filter mechanism hasn't really changed since 2004 when they started the company. I, I'd venture to say it hasn't changed since the MLS system was actually created in the 60s. I mean, honestly, yes, that is you, you look, I don't know if you've ever seen, I'm sure you have, like, if you've ever had a doubt, like I bought a home before 2000, like back in the day, right? And they would give you this list, like, oh, here's a list. And you just look at the form, you're like, where was this from? And oh, this yeah. is the MLS system. I'm like, God. What Cobalt database thing did they use on this thing? Honestly. Wow. And Jari, you don't want me to get into MLSs, but there's, <laughs> they're horrible. with them a lot. Yeah, you have, I mean, <laughs> you actually, have to. You have to, yeah. Yeah, and we actually have to append a lot of uh, proprietary original data and research to what they have to make the search experience better. But to go back to what I was talking about in terms of the search mechanism, this kind of filter-based search hasn't changed for a long time, right? And it was designed with urban properties in mind. It was designed for apartments, for condos, right? Sometimes houses, but it was not designed to find, you know, farmhouses. It was not designed to farm uh, to find uh, waterfront properties because there are just so many things to consider. The filters just don't work in this scenario. Any good data scientist will tell you if you have, let's say, thirty variables asking users to click on each filter individually is not an effective way to do the search, right? Nope. Nope. Um, I mean, not so to that's mention, why we were so frustrated. I mean, yeah. not to mention rural properties. Sometimes they don't even have an address. They don't even right? have an address. 
they don't or they don't have they're, they're missing a lot of information yeah yeah their asset their parcel number i mean i remember yeah. when i was buying mine just as an aside and they're like okay well here is your packet like here is the um title this whole thing right and you know it's interesting because they got to keep it all the way back and apparently when it was first you know subdivided or whatever it's like back in the 1800s right and so they have scans of all of these, like the first thing they did and then the lawsuit and then this and that. And you're just sitting there going, I just, this like, who even knows what the heck is in this thing? And, you know, you got to like walk the land like Cain, right? Like you got to like figure this out. And then it's hard. It's not like you can put in three bedroom, two bath swimming pool. Right. Can. And it's yeah, complete. Can. And, and, and they usually do it in the notes. Right. And the notes are horrible too, because it's like, it's random what they put in there. So yeah, this is, it's super interesting yeah. that this is a really tough problem to solve. It's a tough problem, right? So the problem you're talking about is that on the data side, um, we do use AI on the data side. I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit later. It's very, very interesting. It's a very big part of our business. Um, but the original AI idea was really around, okay, so if filter-based search is not a good way to find properties, what would work? What works, right? So we start talking to all the rural property buyers. We realize, well, real estate agents do a very good job, actually. Even though they are not as knowledgeable or <laughs> efficient as the online search tool, they're able to talk to the users, um, the buyers specifically, in a very interactive way, right? They're like, okay, Jari, what about this 20 acre? You're like, oh, it's too deserty. You know, I don't want too much yeah. stand on my property. <laughs> I want more trees. I want so more like, trees. Okay, got it. And they're going to go back and do another search. And this kind of iter iterative and interactive process is what is really important that is missing in the online search experience, which 100%. is understanding your preferences in a nonlinear way, right? Because filter is very linear, but buying property is a very complex problem. That's why we use AI to model people's preferences in a nonlinear way in an n-dimensional space. Yeah, yeah. I have found that the the rural property real estate agents those were the gold. Like you, they were the they knew they just knew what was going on. Like, and yeah. then you know when everyone's like, "Why do you really need a real estate agent?" Well, you know, like places like Redfin and Zillow are sort of like commoditizing that, right? Especially in some place like San Francisco, it's like the the market's so hot, the supply so low. It's just a wild west show. Everything is like going for over asking. It's just these some of these things haven't been updated since the '60s. Like, but you know, they sort of know the market. So the three to whatever percentage you got to pay them on those huge properties, you're kind of like, ah, is it really worth it? Because this is just such a hot market, right? But when it comes to, to rural land, it's a lot different because it's a lot more intensive to figure out what's it zoned for, what's on it. Has there been any weird things? Like it, it, it was it was eye-opening to me at how many things you had to like go through. And you you go a lot with looking at not only the the title, but also all of the rules around the county you're in and how it's zoned. Eastman, the building code. I mean, there's like in like, oh, is it? farmland or not farmland and what's the what's yeah. the, i mean the other thing is the property line like what's the property line because i had to get mine a, a, a surveyed because i'm like i don't know where the property line ends or meets right. and so they do all this and you're just like oh i didn't know it was that big because <laughs> yeah. you look yeah. at the map and you're like well it doesn't say it's this big you know so 
it's it's a lot more complex. Um, it's it's very complicated, and and you know what um, what agents also offer is this kind of uh, easing you into the process, right? They're kind of educating you as as you go. Like you said, I think in urban places, like in big cities, buying a property with agents sometimes can be a waste of money because you're paying them three percent, six percent. For just really helping you do the search, right? Which you can do yourself. They actually have the same interface, pretty much the same thing, with a little bit different back backend information. Um, so it's more of a, it's more like hiring someone to clean clean your home. You can do it yourself, but you just don't want to, right? But with rural, it's a very different story because there are so many things to look out for. There's so many things to consider. Uh, the the problem in itself is by our experience, it's like three to four times more complex. Um, than buying an urban home. So that's why you need an agent. And that's why there hasn't been a good technology, uh, a good search tool online to solve this problem specifically. There are companies doing rural searches, but they just essentially use the same filters, uh, filter-based search, uh, just added a couple of rural variables, but that's just not really solving the complex problem by, its, um, by itself. You know, In essence, it's still the same, still the same solution. Um, so what we do at Terrascope is we basically replicate the process of finding rural properties with an agent uh, in an online format. So we have an online agent that is constantly talking to you. When you see a property on Terrascope, you have the option to either like a property or dislike a property. And when you say, I like this property, uh, the AI agent is going to calculate your preference function, which is a you know complicated mathematical function, uh, spamming, uh, spanning across you know, a whole set of variables and find you more properties like this particular one. And when you say you don't like a property, um, our AI agent is going to ask you, okay, why didn't you like it? Is it because it's too expensive? Is it because the property is not big enough? And the same feedback goes into your, um, your, your user preference model. So by constantly adjusting this user preference model, we are able to quickly zone into the perfect property for you in about five to six iterations. Oh. And Interesting. Yeah. So hmm. you will see that uh, because it's essentially binary search, right? Essentially, every time you say yes or no, we're cutting the the, the search uh, the search field by half. It makes it, it's a binary search process, and binary search is the most effective way to search. Um, so yeah, so that's what we have observed. After four or five uh, iterations, we're seeing the the like rate being very stable, that we're able to predict whether people would like this listing with a very high level of accuracy. So that is why we use AIs, because the problem is more complex that requires a more complex solution. Totally. Yeah, I remember my real estate agent, Tina. You know, she's like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, "Ah, uh, I really don't know yet, but everyone wants like water on their land or waterfront or trees or whatever. But I mean, she had to hustle. I mean, it was a different type of search as opposed to just like, I want this kind of house. Yeah. Uh, And, and you're right because what was interesting is there's a lot of duds and I remember we would go out and look at them and it's, and the thing that's hard about it is it's hard to look at rural land because you really got to drive out there and they're like far apart. This isn't like, we're going to go to a neighborhood and walk around. This is like, we're going to yeah. drive down this dirt road. I remember one time <laughs> we were trying to get to this parcel and we looked at the map 
and we're like, oh, hey, it looks like it's it's right off this road. And we're like, okay, yeah. cool. And it says it even has a road there, right? We go down there, we're on this road, and we're like, we can't find this road. We can't find this road. We can't find this road. It turns out it was a road, but the road was off the main road. You had to hike up to it to get to this dirt road. And we're like, okay, we can't go that way. Let's go the other way. So we go the other way and we go down this like dirt road and we're like, we're going to die. <laughs> and then we get all the way down there and then there's a, there's a gate and it's locked. Yeah. And we're like, can't go anymore. And we're like, well, guess we're not going to see that one. And that happened all the time because it all the time. It, it, it's, it, it's like what says on the map is not necessarily what's there. And, 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 you know, actually, yeah. yeah, that, that is part of the necessity of having a good online search tool, right? Mm -hmm. You just, you can't just walk to the neighborhood and check it out on your own time. You really need to, um, verify the information as much as you can before you go to the place, right? Otherwise you're just wasting your time. And that's another, um, another upside of having an online search tool uh, that agents cannot compete. If you are searching in New York City or San Francisco, you can have one agent and he's, he or she can do the job for you. But what we notice is that with rural property buyers, they tend to look across multiple counties and even states. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. So you got to have like 10, 20 agents working for you. I don't know if you can manage, like I can't even manage 20, 20 agents on my own. Right. I, I, I can't, even imagine, I can't <laughs> even imagine one or manage one. No, exactly. that's, that's actually a really good point. We, we had to, like, when we were looking, we had to do the same thing. We're like, okay, where do we want to yeah. go? And yeah, we had some, I live in California. So I had some in the Sierra, some on the coast, some up North in the Valley. And they're like, 100 200 miles apart there is yeah. no way that your real estate agent is going to be like oh yeah i can handle this 400 mile radius thing so yeah you have to it's a lot it's, it's such a different yeah you're it's such a different game and having a way to like narrow down the search understand what's there before you get there that was i mean i used a lot of google map to be honest yeah and even google map has got a problem like it's like oh is there a road there? You know, like you'd have to look, you know, like, yeah. When was the last time this satellite thing was taken? <laughs> and Jari to add on that on top of that complexity, right. It's already very complex. We also noticed that a lot of times people's search uh, regions very limited by what they know already. Right. So you might be focusing on a particular region because you feel like, okay, that's a good region. But without knowledge, there might be an area that's just off the side, off to the side, or in another different region that offers even better value for your bucks, right? But without knowing that, you won't be able to find it, right? With a binary search, with what whatever Zillow is doing, you enter a location first, and then you start your search. There's no way not uh, to know something you don't know already, right? And that's something we do, what we call finding the hidden gems. We're searching across a larger area. Sometimes you might not even think about, you know, searching in particular regions. Right. And when we find a good match, we're going to surface to you. And we actually seen a lot of people doing that. They yeah. never, for example, one of our users uh, was looking in Florida and she was like, I never thought to look at that area, but I saw on Terrascope, there's a good match. And then I went to look at more of the uh, properties from that region. And eventually she bought one from there. Right. So this is kind of the power that AI can bring that agents or Zillow cannot do. Yeah. 
that's actually a good point. Because when it comes to land, generally, um, you may have an area that you may want to look at, but you don't really know because you don't know what's out. It's again, it's different than a city like, oh, I'm going to move to San Francisco. Okay, well, now I got to understand all the neighborhoods. Okay, that's that's very doable. But if you want to buy like 20, 30, 40, 100 acres somewhere, uh, you know, how, how, how do you even go about that? Because you don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, I want to buy 100 acres in the Sierras. Okay, the Sierras are big, <laughs> you know, and where do you want to buy it? And, you know, because the other thing I had to look up, which was interesting, was the, since I'm in California, was the fire hazard map. Right. For cities, they have it. But generally it gets, you know, listed in the, in the, what's it called? In like the, the, um, the title report. Right. But for rural land, there is really none of this around. You have to like go to the Cal fire, look at the map or water. Another one, like mine doesn't have water on it. Like I got to build a well. Well, how the heck do I, how do I even know where to put a well? (laughs) Don't even know. Do I use one of those little like divining rods and like some magic shaman guy (laughs) comes in and says, build a well here, right? Power. Bless the land first. Yeah. Yeah. Power was another one, right? There's no power on the one island. Okay. Well, you don't even know where the power is sometimes because it's not in the deed. Like it won't be in the, like the assessor map. It may be, but it, it's random. Like you don't know. So yeah, super interesting, man. This yeah. is so. And so, do you do nationwide? Do you like sort it out nationwide, or how? Or are you regional? So uh, currently, we're in um, the biggest five markets. We're in Florida, uh, Texas, Louisiana, uh, Montana, and California. Um, this year, we'll expand to all fifty states. Interesting. And, and how, how, how is it to expand to a state? I mean, what's the, what's sort of the process? I mean, it seems like there's a lot of work to do to get to a state. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So in terms of getting the listing data, it's not too bad because we have a, a third party uh, data provider to provide us with the MLS fee. But like I said earlier, um, we use AI in part in the search process, but also data validation and data generation is also a really big component of our business. Like you mentioned earlier, a lot of data, a lot of times the listing data might not be accurate. And you also want, and the listing data is also insufficient, right? You need something else to help you understand the environment. Like you said, the water, the uh, environmental hazards, uh, the zoning, the schools, the airports nearby, um, and recreational options. Is there a national park? Is there a trail? Is there a lake, right? Um, so all these things, no one else has, right? No one else is going to give them to you. You have to piece them together and spend a lot of time on each listing. Um, and that's really different with Terrascope because we actually uh, integrate all the data into one place. We actually run a lot of geoanalysis on each listing to match it against um, multiple sources, such as the water quality, the nearby schools. How are the schools, right? Are they performing well? Are they performing poorly? How about the local region? Is it a well-off neighborhood where if it's a little bit uh, sketchy? Um, what about the airports? Are there airports nearby? So we collect a lot of the data in one place to help people understand the listing better and we also use that in our search uh, process. Yeah. So one of the other things, you know, up in 
where I bought. Um, it's El Dorado County, El Dorado County, and all around the Sierras is you would see some listings show up and you're like, wow, this is really cheap. Why is this so cheap? Yeah. And partly sometimes it's because it was seized by the government because there was illegal activity. <laughs> and you can imagine what would happen in California, man, in the kind of lab, I'm sure. <laughs> lab or grow a grow place, right? So, yeah. but the thing is, is like what you, they don't tell you, it's and it's sometimes it's hidden in the notes. It's like, yeah, this may be half the price, the going price. But in order to bring it up to snuff, you have to do a bunch, like it's contaminated, quote unquote. And so you don't know that. And then you also don't know, like cross-referenced of, oh, was this seized? Like it's, and, and of course, when you're buying rural land, people are a little more freedom conscious. They have a little more different political view. They're a little free to be you and me. So it's a little bit more cowboy, a little bit more wild west. You know, it's like, where's my property line? You know, it's and there's a weird rules about stuff, right? Everything is it's strange because you're in the middle of nowhere, and then people show up, and you're like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, you know, who's yeah. sniffing around, you know? So super cool because there is there you're right there is no one source of truth where you could like go and find all this stuff you have to piece it all together and that's why real estate agents for rural land are just so valuable yeah for sure and a lot of this uh a lot of it's also community driven so uh, what, what we're trying yes, to add yes, to yes, yes. Terrascope, yeah to terrasco right now is local people helping buyers understand what it's like to live there right i think that's that's very important um I think a lot of times when we think about what is happening in in the in the world right now, this uh, shift in mentality, COVID really changed the way we view our lives and our priorities, right? So a lot of people are looking to buy rural properties and move out of the cities, and I think that's great. That's great for rural America because for a long time, rural America has been losing talents and losing population to big cities, and now we have a new opportunity to bring more. Um, bring more jobs back to rural America, bring more consumption back to rural America. And I think it's, we, we actually have spoken to local governments who are very supportive about what we do because they see this as an opportunity to bring more people into their uh, local communities. So I definitely see going forward, we're going to have more uh, community-based collaborations uh, from local residents to help us uh, and help the buyers understand local environments much better. Yeah. Yeah, I found that too. Like, you really have to have good neighbors. Yeah, because sure. you know it, it's a little bit. You're a little bit more dependent on the people around you because there's not very many people around you, and and not dependent in the sense that you know, but everyone looks out for each other. I think. Yeah, I think it's very. Yeah, for it's, sure. it's very. It's a lot more community that way. For sure, for sure. I I noticed that when I was visiting a farm in Saskatchewan, is you know people's they really do everything for each other. They're like, okay, I'll mow the lawns for you. I'll help you carry the, the firewood in or something. It's, it's a very tight knit just because out of necessity, you really have to. The nearest, the nearest police station, I don't know, like 20 miles away or something. So you really are very dependent on your neighbors. Yeah, I remember I would, would go like roll up to one of these things, right? And just I'll be walking around. like, And I thought, no one's around here. I'm just walking around on my own. And then all of a sudden, Someone come up on a four wheeler. Hey, <laughs> what's going on? Who are you? They know. 
who are you? And I'm all, oh, uh, hey, I'm just looking at the land. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm Bob or whatever, right? But yeah, yeah, they were like vigilant. It, it, it's a different, it's a different mindset. I mean, you have a little bit of that in a city, but not as much because the city is kind of anonymous. And even in the suburbs, do you really know your neighbors or whatever? But when you're out in the the sticks, yeah, you have to definitely like know your neighbors and hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully they're good people. I mean, where I bought, they're like I know the neighbors and they're really cool. So that's really great because that just makes you feel better. Like because something does happen, you're right. Twenty minutes away, thirty minutes away. Yeah, you know, like times something goes down, like it's only you. But, you know, like we have to keep in mind, actually, a lot of our uh, some of our users want to buy properties that's not neighboring anyone else. Right. They just want like right. surrounded by national forest. That's yeah, what they I want. looked at one like that, too. Where yeah, <laughs> it was literally the national forest bordered the entire thing. Yeah. And you're like, well, what does yeah. this mean? It's like, well, no one's ever going to build anything over there, <laughs> at least until yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, really? Until like, they another... release the land. But it's really good. Yeah. It's really yeah. Good yeah. If you and... want. Yeah, because but the other thing you got to worry about national forest land is people can walk through it. So they'll walk sure. through. They'll be like, you, they won't know they're on your property. Yeah, for sure. I also remember there was one, uh, the local power companies, PG&E here in California. And they were they owned a bunch of land and they were selling it off because they weren't yeah. going to build something or whatever. So you're like, ah, oh, this is owned by people. Wow, this is weird. What, did, what were they going to use this for? And then you see these pictures of these random things on it. You're like, what the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're like, yeah. I guess they're never going to remove that, you know? Yeah. Actually, it's interesting when you said, you know, sometimes it's unexpected who actually owns the land. Bill Gates is the biggest landowner in America right now. So, and there are a lot of billionaires, millionaires out there who are buying a huge amount of acres. Um, because it's, you know, it's a, uh, it's non-renewable resource. Yeah. They don't make them anymore. Yeah, it's finite too. Yeah, and with the with the sea level rising, we're getting, we're only getting less and less of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting that way because it's like one of the only things. It's like limited. Like you can calculate how much land there is, unless you build your own island or whatever out of whatever. But that's hard to do and expensive. But there's a finite amount of land. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I always get asked every time I do an interview, they're like, oh, what do you think about the metaverse real estate? Uh, and I say, yeah, you can always create a new metaverse uh, plot of land just by the virtue of the co- a smart contract, right? If majority votes for more creation, you can. But yeah, I, I, I think I don't think that, think of them as the same at all. There's no there's no parallel between the metaverse real estate versus the actual land you can stand on, you know, the kind of joy you get from being on your own property. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't get the metaverse thing, but usually when I don't get something, I probably should pay attention to it. I didn't get Bitcoin. (laughs) I didn't get crypto. I didn't get blockchain and I should have gotten that six, seven years ago when it was cheap. (laughs) That's been like, well, that would have been, no, no, that would have been a better idea. (laughs) You know, I even had friends saying, you got to get in on this. I go, bro, it's $10. I am not going to buy something that's ten dollars. Why would I waste a Why would I waste a hundred bucks on ten of these things? Right? And you're like, well, that was stupid. So I know. I, like, I, you know, NFTs are the other one. Like, what is it? What I don't get. 
I know it's it's I think as entrepreneur, right, we always have our ears to the ground on the ground listening. But there is so much information. There's a lot of shit information out there, too. Right. So, of course, Bitcoin, you once in a while, you might miss the Bitcoin. But let's say if you get into everything that's new, your attention is just going to be split in every which way it's so hard man i mean yeah like as an entrepreneur you see a lot of stuff that never came out i mean yeah there's there's a lot of like just the nature of the beast of this of being being what doing what we do right like people are always pitching you you're always seeing what's coming up and yeah you're right it's hard to be like what am i gonna bet on like <laughs> yeah it's very hard it's like signal processing in the in machine learning right you gotta yeah. be able to tell the, the right signals from the noise. And that's, that's the, that's the challenge of being an entrepreneur every day. is like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess one day I'll have to s- figure out this whole metaverse thing, but I have some good stuff to send you if you want to guess. Yeah. That. You need to send me that. I mean, everyone's always telling me about NFTs to like a friend of mine's like, we just got to get in, right. man, just get in, just buy some, just so what I'm like, but I, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I read an article the other day that some guy like, basically you buy an nft it's something on the blockchain and the blockchain contains a link to the thing you bought and you're like well the link's on the internet (laughs) i I could just download the link but i mean i know it's different just like you can pirate movies now too but yeah it's uh yeah but people still buy it from amazon yeah And, and i get i get the i get the premise of it it's just like you said, there's just too much. Like I should, you know, I just got too much. It's processing overload. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. So when it comes to, so, so, okay. So you're in like five or six States now you want to be in all 50 States, obviously by sometime this year or whatever. Um, seems like we've, it's like the onboarding and like understanding the, like getting all the information in to kind of, make it all useful is where you're, where you're using your AI. How has, how has the traction been? How, how's the customer response been? What's the, any insights on how like you had to navigate that? Cause my feeling is it's uh, it, it, there's, there's like, it's like a two-sided marketplace almost and trying to like, I don't know how, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so you know, we've been in the marketplace for one and a half years. We have had thirty thousand live users with four hundred thousand listings viewed. So it's we're not we're a startup, but you know, we have seen a lot of um, activities in the space. We have accumulated a lot of data, a lot of understanding of the users, and I would say um, it's very interesting to see um, how people respond to this kind of new way of searching there is some learning curve to it because it's a very new model. Whenever you go to a real estate website, even though you haven't been, been to it, been, uh, been, to their, uh, been there before, you'd know how to use it because you just type in an address. It's all the same thing. But with us, it's quite different. Um, if you use the product, you know the interface is different, the, 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 the flow is different. Um, but we have seen really, uh, really good buy-in and really a lot of willingness from users to try the solution. And as startup founders, when people are willing to try a new solution and move away from existing solution, it means that you're onto something, right? They're giving a startup a chance because the current solution is not working. And we're seeing that um, day in, day out. We also see a lot of people 
who actually are working with real estate agents, but still use our tool to discover new regions they want to move to, to discover new properties that real estate agents missed. Um, so we see, we're seeing a lot of buy-ins from, from users. And in terms of traction, one of the metrics that we're most proud of is, um, is average listings view per session. So during each session, our users view around 13 to 14 listings. Whereas for Zillow, we don't have the official data, but based on our, our, our estimate and our analysis, it's below 10. So we're already exceeding Zillow in terms mm. of keeping users engaged and keeping mm. our customers uh, in the search process. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Because I know when I was, I, I, I use Zillow um, when I was looking for mine, I would uh, set up these alerts. I'm, I'm sure you guys either are going to do this or already do this. Um, but it, it, you know, it was just like raw land. That was the checkbox in this yeah. area. That's 150 miles around. It's <laughs> just send it, you know, and I got yeah. some bad, I mean, some of them were just horribly bad. Like, yeah. I think you could put in like between so many acres, but yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 well, I use Zillow. I, I really felt, or other websites. I mean, I don't want to be unfair to Zillow, but yeah, a lot of sites I used, I really felt like the the house was haunted. I really felt like <laughs> I saw a lot of haunted house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you see, look sketchy, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, like, like to your point, like if if yeah, if you're like, yeah, I want a piece of land with a barn on it, right? And I put barn in air quotes. When they showed you the picture of the barn, you're like that thing is going to fall down in a stiff wind. Like, is yeah. this really what I, you know? And because the other thing about rural land that I, you know, that you just need to know, or you probably already know, or at least I found out is that, you know, a lot of stuff accumulates like some places they don't have garbage pickup, right? Yeah. Like you have to do it yourself or you yeah. leave it. And so you see a lot of these places that just has stuff there. Like, lots of just stuff. And you're like, where'd all this stuff come from? Sometimes you see shipping containers. Sometimes you see yeah. old grow beds. Sometimes you see like a cabin or a, a shed, quote unquote shed. And you're like, what? Yeah. I just like, and they say that that's a, you know, inhabitable. Nah, what? Like, where's the bathroom? Like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of, yeah. The, it's again, it's, it was a, it was a hard process, but the real estate agent, obviously it was super key. Of course, if I would have known about you guys, I would have used what you guys were doing. Um, and then you got to like the learning curve is really steep. It's a lot steeper than, curve is very steep, yeah. than buying a house in the city. I remember having sure. to talk to the, uh, the County planning, planning department, um, and I like, well, I have a bunch of questions to ask, right? Because there's some questions that, you know, I mean, how often when you buy a house in a city, would you talk to the planning department? You never would, ever. But you had to because they, what they would do, and it was really cool. I mean, El Dorado County, where I bought, was really cool. They were really nice guys. And so they're like, okay, we set up an hour-long conversation to talk about, like, whatever questions you have, because clearly you're going to build something on it. And I just remember I'm sitting there and he's like, well, I pulled up your, I pulled up all your information because they had, they have other information you don't have. 
It's like, well, what questions do you have? And I'm like, I don't even know what questions to ask. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then so my real estate agent's like, well, what about this? What about the zoning, you know, work? What are the setbacks? Is there easements was another one. Like, yeah, what's the easement? What's this road? Who owns the road? Where can I put a gate? Like, these are things you, in a million years, never, you like, you know, wouldn't ever do. for sure. That's that's what we, we we notice as well. Like we put a lot of data uh, on our site and a lot of original like proprietary data that only we have. Like if you go to other websites, you don't get this kind of data. Um, and our uh, the feedbacks we get from users have all a lot of been about the data. They're like, this is really useful. This is great stuff. Because just like you said, there's if you don't haven't bought real properties before, you just don't even know where to start. But having a tool that's really comprehensive helps you to you know um, get your thought process in place, right? Get the the right thought process to think about real properties the right way. Yeah, yeah. Like, how much does it cost to put a road on this thing? <laughs> yeah. Where would I put a road? Yeah. Yeah. Where would I put a road? Right. Like the sewage is the big one, the, um, the septic tank stuff, like, cause there's no sewage. Right. So you have to do all these tests and stuff. Like it's, it's, I would say it's probably 10 X the work from just buying a house in the city. I think, I think, what do you think? You think that'd be reasonable? For sure. I mean, we we normally say it's around three to four times the variables, but the work involved, yeah, is much more than that because you need to think about all the variables and then dig deep, right? A lot of the things you really read a lot of documents for, uh, like the zoning requirement, like the septic tank regulation. You know, sometimes they grandfather in the older system that are easier, uh, but the new ones, they don't allow you to install the same septic tank, but you have to know the regulations, when exactly it changed, what can you install now? And the water is not a big thing. Like how soft is the water, right? It, it, it doesn't have lead in it because sometimes it does. Guess what? Just because it's natural spring water doesn't mean it's good for or you. Asbestos. Or asbestos. <laughs> All the goodies you can get. Especially really. <laughs> in California. Well, the other one that I, I was talking to some neighbors and they were trying to build something. And the one thing, of course, because California is always on fire, they have, were having new regulations on sprinkler systems mm-hmm. inside your house in a rural area. And you, so you're like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, imagine in a residential home, you had to put a sprinkler system because you're in the middle of nowhere. There's because there's other requirements where you have a water tank and the water tank has to be accessible to the fire department because if there's a wildfire, they're going to use your water. Or if you don't, if you don't have that, you need to have a pond or something like they need a source of water to fight your fire. Right. And you think you wouldn't think of that. Like you're in the city. Oh, there's a fire plug in the middle of nowhere. There's really no fire plugs. Some of them, some places have them, but the places I was looking, there was nothing like it's a wildfire. Like you're in the, you're in the wild. Right. So, right. you know, you, 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 you have to think of lots of different things. And sure. that's why I think it's like, it's a little more self-sufficient, a little more like, that's why I think the rural mindset is different. And, and, and it's, it's fascinating because people always like, Oh, the people in the, in the interior or the flyover States or the people in the country don't, not as sophisticated or like there's a lot of like weird 
like feelings about that if you're in the bubble in the city. But as soon as you go there and you start to realize like what you have to do, you un- you completely understand the mentality because it's a self more of a self sufficient mentality. It's a more of yeah. no one's coming to help me. Yeah. Or at it least it's a different culture. For yeah, sure. culture. And the only my neighbors, like I can only really rely on me and my neighbors, and, and mostly it's me because you're you have to be self sufficient. So you're gonna have a different attitude and a different mindset. Yeah. And generally you want to be left alone. So you're gonna be a little more like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, it's just so fascinating. Have you have you? I mean, I how do you guys make money? So right now we use lead gen. So we still work with some real estate agents. You know, when people find a good property, they want to see the property, we work with them. Um, But I think the long-term, long-term goal, which is much more ambitious is to really be able to help people uh, throughout the transaction process, right? Because if we can help you find a good property, we want to be able to help you close the um, good property too. Um, And that opens up a lot of opportunities, you know, things like, um, construction services, things like, you know, insurance, things like solar panels. So there's, we want to make sure people stay in our ecosystem and that ecosystem, essentially we want to become the, the, the brand for rural lifestyle, for yeah. moving to rural and the alternative lifestyle, right? Everything that's associated with it. That's why we have a, we have a blog that talks about everything from buying rural properties to how to keep bees, you know, yeah. how to, what yeah. kind of house do you need to keep? Yeah. Uh, all sorts Goats. of things. That's yeah. <laughs> fencing. <laughs> I had to learn cheese. about fencing. I had to learn about like fencing. Yeah. I hadn't, I, what the hell do I know about fencing? So and mobile chicken coops. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Oh, I'm, cause I, I'm definitely gonna, I, I got to dig in more. Cause again, I, I'm, I haven't built anything yet, but I'm in the process of like, I got it. It's so much, it's, it's almost overwhelming how much stuff there is. Yeah. And to have a good yeah. resource where you can kind of like go through and there's a ton of them out there. A lot of, homesteading websites if you if you're interested in homesteading there's a ton of people on even on youtube there's a lot of people that will like show you how to build a well and this is how you build your chicken coop and this is you know like how to you know i'm really into i'm kind of nerdy on this but i'm really into these um earthship homes yeah earthship yeah yeah Yeah. earthship homes are these ones that are built in the ground and they're built with old tires and it's it's this whole eco hippie thing back started in the 70s you know and i'm like i really want to build an earthship but i'm like i have no idea how to build these things and you go look (laughs) on the internet you like look on youtube on earthship and they originally came out of taos new mexico and this is whole community and there's like earthship 1.0 and 2.0 the whole thing and they'll teach though you can go there and learn how to build an earthship, but I'm like, this is the coolest thing, but I I mean, and I I'm even handy. Like I used to help, like I know how to do yeah. this stuff, and I'm like, this is hard. So yeah. It's like a cool to have a resource hobby. like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't yeah. rush to it. You can't rush to the rural area. You have to really take your time to have fun with it, you know, enjoy the process. Yeah. For sure. Well, hey, Kehan, thanks so much, man. It's been great talking. Super interesting idea. If anyone you know wants to think about getting on, getting some rural property, definitely check out Terrascope.io. Um, good luck, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Kehan, for being on the show. Like I said before, 
I so wish I would have found a Terrascope when I was trying to buy my property. But hey, you know, that's the way it goes. So um, as promised, here are some actionable insights that I learned from my interview with Kehan. In order to solve a problem, study what works and what doesn't. Terrascope looks at what's not working with existing tools and apply what does work. How real estate agents interact with potential buyers to build their AI tool. They continue to hone and develop the tool based on user feedback. And I think this was actually a pretty interesting insight because um, actually real estate agents and rural properties are a huge resource. I mean, you really can't do it without them. You know, nowadays you've got the Zillows and the Redfins for, for just like normal property. But out in the middle of nowhere, it's super hard to find a good real estate agent that knows what they're doing. And so he's spot on in understanding how a manual process can then be automated. So ask yourself, what are the manual processes I can automate? What's working, even if it's manual and not super techie? And then how to build you know, a tool or a, a platform or a company around the automation of the process that works. I think this is super critical to understand. Stay with one piece of the puzzle and expand from there. Kahan and Terrascope are focused right now on helping people buy rural properties, but he hopes one day to build that out and be the ecosystem for people who buy properties, offering an array of services and resources. So yeah, sort of the beachhead approach. Definitely want to have a beachhead that you can get in that people are hopefully not looking at as heavily um, so that you can actually build up your business. And what is also super important about rural properties is you're going to, you need a lot of resources. You need to sometimes build a road, like, you know, get water, infrastructure, electricity. So it's way, way, way different than just, again, buying a condo or buying a house where, you know, all the infrastructure is there, right? So being the go-to source for that um, is actually a really good idea. It's, it's hard to find, to be honest. I've looked a lot of times. There's a lot out there. Don't get me wrong. Like YouTube's full of it. And, and a lot of really great, great people do that. But to have one place that you can sort of go in and are kind of a trusted source, I think is going to be very powerful. So uh, if you were to ask questions around this, you know, figure out what your beachhead is, start with the beachhead, and then ask yourself, where can I expand from there when the beachhead is secured? So... There you have it, the actionable insights that I learned from my awesome interview with Kahan. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.